and boom goes the Episode 85 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight on a Wednesday night is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Bro, welcome to Old and Busted Radio, bro. This is wrestling radio for wrestling fans and wrestlers who love wrestling and purity, bro. Listen, I'm here to talk to you about the rules and how we gotta respect them, bro. There's nothing that fans care more about than the rules and the regulations. Nobody pays for wrestling moves. Nobody pays for that bullshit. They're here to see pinfalls and, and, and countouts. And they're here to see to see four counts and five counts and, and pull it apart. That's what's important in the business. You gotta respect it. <laughs> um, I, I think I know who you're trying to imitate, but you sound like Taz. Uh, I mean, they're all like from the same kind of part of the country. So. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I mean, that's about the know. closest approximation. That's gonna. That's the closest approximation that's gonna you're gonna get. Um, yeah, I, I just like to put it out there. Uh, Mark LaMonica fucking sucks. And <laughs> yeah, um, so that was kind of a funny thing that happened on a different podcast. We won't bring it up because we'll never give shine to other podcasts. But uh, yeah, uh, we're back well, on I, Wednesday. Well, except we're when they're when it's warranted. Except when it's warranted. Sometimes we like other podcasts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, the podcasts that are within the PWOM podcast network, aka the only other podcasts that exist. That's right. There are, That's there right. are no other podcasts. They don't even. They're not not even a thing. Yes, because uh, you definitely you definitely did not reference Come Town last week, or, never actually, on, or on su- on that? Sunday actually. What's what's that? I've never heard of that. Uh, I thought it was a series on ABC, but I could be. I think it had, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's her name from Friends, but. Uh, oh, what's her name from Friends? I like her. I like yeah. her. Oh, and then uh, um, there was that guy from that other thing was in that too, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, thing, like that. One from Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Jim Belushi. <laughs> Was he on that show? I don't think he yeah, was. He was there too. Was Jim he Belushi serious? And uh, Gary Gary Busey was a recurring character, not not a full time cast member. But a oh my god! Character. Wow. See, this is what happens when I don't watch TV for fifteen years. I just miss uh, I miss all this shit. Uh, did you watch Elevation or Dark this week? I sort of did. Yeah. Uh, so I've been dealing in my home with uh, the recent. A temporary edition of another cat who just had a baby kitten on my deck. 
<laughs> the other day. Uh, but you know, it's hot out here in Georgia and stuff. So we, we brought the cat in and the, and the newborn kitten. So I've been watching a newborn kitten and a cat. And during my time doing that, yeah, I did pop into dark and elevation and catch kind of some of it while doing that. Uh, I saw a Ty Conti match. That was cool. Um, saw some Nyla Rose. That was cool. Uh, I feel like there was some other stuff that was good, but again, I wasn't paying this, the closest of attentions. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. There was some stuff there. Well, with that, we go live. The Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, for the last time in the Jacksonville era for episode 85 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And I feel like we're underselling everything, you know, because usually our opening segment goes a lot longer. But since we only just did a show like three days ago, you know, <laughs> what, what, what more can we really do? But, you know, uh, with that in mind, Chris Jericho joins us on commentary for the entire damn show. And uh, I'm just going to spoil you. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. No, Jericho was very good. Um, I tweeted right at the top of the show that he looked like he was lit up. So I already knew that it was going to be a good out of commentary. The glassier Jericho's eyes are, the better his commentary will be. This is fact. This is scientifically proven. Uh, we have the data on it. So... I already knew we were in for a treat, and we right off the bat, yeah, the, the energy was really good. Babyface Jericho on commentary, a little bit different. He brings a slightly different element, goes a little harder on putting over uh, uh, guys and, you know, being a little more generous, speaking to the skills and talents of other wrestlers, including some of his rivals. Uh, but yeah, he did a really good job throughout the show. I mean, he was doing that even when he was, you know, full-on inner circle heel uh, Jericho, too, when uh, him yeah, and Tony. Just, I think. What's cool about this character change is that he does it's subtle differences, right? He does it to just a slightly higher degree. Right. Uh, with that in mind, we go right into our first match of the evening, uh, in which uh, executive vice presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, face off against Eddie Kingston and Penta El Cerro Miedo in a tag team eliminator match. Uh, if uh, Penta and Eddie win, they get a shot at the Young Bucks titles. Um Jesus Christ, those fucking mustaches. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I tweeted that they, the, the Bucks look like uh, Liev Schreiber characters. Like, just two different Liev's Schreiber. Like, I, I, I would have sworn those were comedy mustaches at first, but no, they were not peeling off, and it was like, oh, my fucking God. Oh, yeah, no, they walked out of, like, an HBO original series. Like, what's the, what's the one about porn? They walked out. They walked right out of that show about porn. Oh, shit. The, the Deuce, the, I think. The Deuce. That show sucked ass. I hate it. Was it bad? It was bad. Wow, more like uh, the deuce, but I'm talking about poop this time. Yeah, I mean, when you so have James that... Franco playing three different characters, you know that it, it's, uh, it's... it's one thing that people like more than one James Franco. It's three James Francos. It's what everybody's Ooh, asking. Oh, boy. And Ma Maggie Gyllenhaal completely miscast. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? The only person that should appear twice in a TV series is Garrett Dillahunt, like he did on Deadwood. Ooh, That's the only wow. one. Garrett Dillahunt was so good that David Milch was just like, yeah, let's have you come back and do another guy. It's fine. Don't well, now, wait a minute. H hang on now. Hang on now. Cheryl Lee played two characters in Twin Peaks. I'll have you. Oh, I'll true. You know. No, there's there's a few. There, there's multiple turns. And I think uh, SVU has had multiple guest stars play different characters. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It happens. That kind of stuff happens a lot. But, uh, yeah, I think Dillahunt was a big one. Yeah, for a 
you know, for a while, you know, as, was... as wrestling fans, we are used to that, right? We're used to our uh, our characters coming back in the same show in different uh, iterations. You know, the, for a while, you, you you do recall there was the era when there seemed to be the Law and Order to Oz pipeline. Uh, oh yeah, and then uh, that continued in spirit in the Deadwood to Justified pipeline. Oh, okay, okay. Also, the Shield to Sons of Anarchy pipeline, which you know, Sutterverse. Right. Well, there is that. But anyway, uh, this match, um. Pretty good. Great opener. Pretty I mean, I, you know, a, a show that, you know, this one is a match that could have been a main event on any other night uh, or any night, really. You know, any given night, this is a main event uh, uh, thing. So a way to, you know, kick this kind of special show off. It's their return to Wednesdays after some time off of Wednesday and, you know, their final show of this Daily's Place COVID era type situation. So, you know, this show has some weight to it. So starting it off with uh, a really fun match and one that flies right in the face of the aforementioned uh, washed up wrestler slash podcaster that we talked about at the top of the show. Yeah, I, I, uh, what, what was he even bitching about? I, I mean, I he, caught in at the at the tail end of this controversy, and I know he was he was putting Eddie Kingston and Tony Khan on blast. But what the hell? Well, yeah, he attempted to take Tony to task about referees not you know uh, holding the counts and not respecting the rules enough basically. And Tony was kind of like, I don't really think the fans care that much about that. And he's right, we don't. No one gives a shit. It's, it's pro wrestling. No one cares about the rules. They change all the time. You don't have it's whatever, man. Like if, if you're gonna yeah, really yeah, let yeah, it, yeah. okay, if you're so, gonna let and, and specifically as it relates to a Young Bucks match, which is what I appreciate that Tony Khan did say. It's like I don't think that's why people watch Young Bucks matches, uh, and that he's a hundred percent right about. Can, can, can I make a a, a a brief editorial comment regarding this uh, notion? Editorialize. You have a podcast. It's literally you got the platform. Do um. It. Hey. Hey, Mark. You used to work for ECW. The refereeing there was non-existent, okay? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty rich coming from, uh, it's, it, you know, it, it's like uh, uh, when real dumb people want to see more research on the vaccine. You, 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 you remember when, like, you know, Bill Alfonso was a referee and, you know, he wanted to stick to the, the rules of wrestling and everybody in the ECW arena fucking hated him yeah okay what he cares and like obviously you know different styles of wrestling have different like and there are styles of wrestling that are aided by you know like a, a more rigorous uh kind of adherence to you know wrestling's rules and uh quote-unquote norms but the type of matches that we see in aew are mostly not them and especially a young bucks match is not that well right we just want to see all the fun stuff happen i mean and that's like, what this match was this match was just all of the fun stuff in about 10 minutes here you go i mean have a nice time yeah i mean let's face it i don't i don't think anybody anybody with half a brain what, tuning in to All Elite Wrestling programming doesn't think that Bryce Remsburg or or Rick Knox or or even Aubrey Edwards are going to be fucking Kyohei Wada, you know? Half a brain. You're giving some of these marks a lot for too much credit there, huh? Yeah, well, unfortunately... Yeah, I said the, it! Boom! Yeah, but, yeah, unfortunately, some of those marks are, uh, are, are, are former professionals, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Yeah, the amazing thing. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Shad Breppard, which, uh, yeah, Paul, I got to take you to task for that one. For... No, we're not talking. No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> no. Just flat. No. So I took a poll during this match and we have results in. Uh, the question was, is Penta's taint missile the most devastating move in pro wrestling? Yes or hell yes. And we have a 50-50 tie, Jeff. Oh. <laughs> 
tie between yes and hell yes. Well, I've, I, you I know what? The most devastating move in pro wrestling. Well, I would say I, I cast the tying, the, the, the tie-breaking vote, but the problem is is that I actually voted in this poll. So. You already voted in this poll. So, yeah, we, we I mean, obviously, uh, you know, this podcast, we care about election integrity here. Uh, we care. We're going to stop the steal of this poll and oh all God. other future polls and elections. It's what we do. Um, you know, it's what we were doing back in January, and it's what we're doing now. That's Holy what, shit. There was no podcast on January 6th. Don't worry about what we were up to. Oh, my God. <laughs> kayfabe, 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 kayfabe. Are the Delta 8s really hitting right now? They might be. They might be. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this was a side note before the podcast started. Um, I have taken a lot of Delta 8 THC type of edibles and, like, sports drinks and stuff uh, before this podcast. So we're going to see what happens throughout the rest of the recording. Uh, Strap on in, viewers. Or, see? Viewers. First of all, if you're viewing this podcast, you're probably as high as me. Wrestling, let's go. Um, at some point we get the good brothers and, uh, and, and Brennan Cutler trying to fuck with everything. And then, uh, we get Frankie Kazarian out in his elite hunter shtick. Uh, hunting elite and it still works for me. It still works. Uh, so, uh, Brennan Cutler sprays, uh, Matt Jackson in the face. Penda hits a, uh, hits a package pile driver. Penda Cerro gets the win over the Young Bucks. And I remember, uh, somebody... Somebody saying, I remember you showed me some stupid tweet about uh, the young about Penta beating the Young Bucks. It's like, yeah, because if there's one thing Penta El Miedo has never done in any promotion is beat the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, including not, totally uh, not AEW on a AEW pay per view. Never seen it. Yeah, never seen it. Never happened for the for the Triple A tag titles. Yeah, well, that, it's, that it's, didn't a, it's okay. It's okay to not do your research at all in, in any way, shape, or form before you start yelling at the owner of a company. Yeah, because you it's know, a, that's a normal and regular thing to do, and it'll, it'll it'll be cool, and everyone will like you for it. So apparently, that uh, tag title match will now be on Road Rager. Road Rager really shaping up to be an interesting show, despite losing a match for that show. But we'll get to that here momentarily. Possibly. We go, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we go backstage, and Christian Cage is uh trying to big up Jungle Boy and uh saying he didn't really blow his chance, he he just didn't win that day. And then uh, Luchasaurus comes in growling, but uh, you know, he said, but he he and uh Christian get on like a house of fire, so yeah, they say, yeah, we're all homies now, and uh, you know, Christian brings up his 23andMe results to uh make a you know, find some common ground. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. That was a good joke. I, Christian hasn't really done any, like, actual comedy, and it was nice for him to bring a little levity to that and just, like, kind of show off his comedic timing. He's very funny, uh, you know, and he, but he's not doing, like, a comedy thing, and he's not going to be doing a lot of comedy on this run, it looks like. But it's nice to kind of have, have him, you know, have a little fun with it. I mean, yeah, I mean... Th- you, that was you my need... most genuine laugh I've gotten out of a joke from a wrestler in a while. I mean, you do need to get some... Uh... You, you do need to get some humor in sometimes. I mean, and when you know when you're playing a uh, dinosaur gimmick, I mean, you can't do anything but humor. You know, really. And that's not true. I think Luchasaurus had some like really really good wrestling moments where you're like, it doesn't matter that he's a dinosaur. This fucker can go. Well, no, no, I, I get that, but I mean, you know, I'm talking about in in promos. Yeah, I mean, you you need the humor to go along with it. If you, to, I mean, to yeah, really like, sell the. Literally... 
get a promo, you're a talking dinosaur. You have to have some fun. Yeah, you have to have some fun with it. And, you know, or, you know, you're a member of, you know, Russell Joy and genuinely believe that. Yeah, you know... stop talking about people I don't want to talk about. <laughs> this is the perfect time to because the Delta That's 8s it. are because the Delta 8s are hitting and we're going to just. Let's see how many people that have blocked me Jeff can mention in this podcast. <laughs> it's shoot week on <laughs> Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> We then go to the ring with Tony Schiavone uh, interviewing the men of the year, which I still think is a fantastic, fantastic uh, tag team name. Uh, Ethan Page with Scorpio Sky. Uh, Ethan Page cuts a belter of a promo against uh, Darby Allen, who apparently is going to be cameoing in Jackass 4. Yes, he's kind of had a forged a friendship with Steve-O, so... I was hoping this was going to happen, and it did, and it's awesome. And I can't wait for Jackass 4. Uh, that's very fun. Uh, Put it th- in Tony Hawk, you cowards. This, of course, brings us to yeah, – actually, we've been saying that for a long time. Um, uh, this brings, uh, of course, Darby Allen and Steve Stinger. Darby Allen leaping from a coffin. Um, attacks, Surprise. Attacks Ethan Page, and then Ethan Page calls off the coffin match. For for Road Rager, it says unless you don't attack me for one week, uh, maybe we'll do this at Fighter Fest. That's it. It's it's interesting. We'll see how this plays out. One love fired up Darby. Love uh, ready to fuck shit up Darby. Looked great. Just popped out of that coffin immediately. Just started wrecking shit. Was really fun. The the can possible postponement or cancellation of this match is interesting. I think maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility that he gets like a Tony Khan overruling during the week and they're like, the match happens anyway, or the, they say the match happens anyway that night, or yeah, they push it back a week or two weeks. Maybe they just overbooked Road Rager and well, they want to kind of spread the love. Well, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking here because, of course, there is supposed to be the, the South Beach strap match at Road yeah. Rager, but we got like no promo for that match at all this week. Like well, you know, nothing. Cody's off being a dad, so that's true. that makes sense. Cody, yeah. Cody, like literally just had a kid. Well, okay, that's true. Uh, QT Marshall didn't. No, he didn't. But who cares? It's QT Marshall. Good point. You know what? Point taken. <laughs> All right. We then get a recap of Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy from last Saturday, leading into our second match of the evening, in which. Said Jungle Boy uh, takes on Jack Evans. This is supposed to be Jungle Boy, if he gets this, this is supposed to be Jungle Boy's 50th win. Now, I I, I smell some Goldberg-level working here of a record. No, they keep records in AEW, so you can, this is all a lot more verifiable. Uh, so I don't think they would do they would they would do it because it's very easy to look that up. So I'm assuming hey, that's probably accurate. Has Jungle Boy had 50 matches in oh, I'm AEW? Sure. I'm sure he wrestles on dark and elevation or not elevation as much, but he's been wrestling on dark since they started dark too. But then so, again, yeah. has he had, but okay. So Colorado and they're probably that. counting his tag wins too. Okay. And I believe that, but I'm just trying to figure because I mean, there was a time period where Jurassic express was taking a bunch of losses. Yeah. So, but I, don't know. I guess less than you think. And all of his title match, you know, all of his title matches have been losses. So I'm right. trying to see, have there actually been 50? I mean, either way, um, decent match. Although, again, the picture-in-picture was taking me out of the match. You know, it, and... I don't think it was that bad on this one, but picture-in-picture picture kind of always takes me out of things. So, I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess, but, like, it's still... 
like it's hard for me to pay attention to it. I know some people can. It just doesn't really. It takes me out of it, and I just end up looking at my phone or some bullshit. Right. Uh, Jungle Boy does get the win over Jack Evans with a submission. Uh, afterwards, we get a schmoz with uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage up against the Hardy family office with uh, Christian really going to town on on uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah. And uh, so Christian yeah, the- showing up for his homies, making friends. There you go. That's what you got to do. So uh, here we go. Uh, I, let's see. In 2019, 18 wins, 2020, 34 wins, and 2021, 18 wins, according to Cage Match. Wins or so, wait, wins or matches? Wins. wins. So mm. 34 wins in 2020. Uh, and then, yeah. So, I mean, actually, according to Cage Match, more. So that might just be singles matches. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We then go to a... Like like Scott Steiner says, the numbers don't lie. Also, before this match ends, I've been this is really important to me. Shout out to our homie Doug Crap. uh, Inspired this, but something I'm very excited to say, uh, and you can't get mad at me this time. So this was Jack Perry versus Jack Evans, Jeff. So uh, uh, this match was a real jack-off. And now I can I can say Jack off on the podcast without you getting mad at me. Says who? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> we then go to a uh, a pre-tape promo with MJF uh, running down Chris Jericho for most of it, but then remembers that he has a match against Sammy Guevara later later tonight. Um, wow, the promo. It was wow. good, but it, you're, uh, it, you're it, not going to undersell MJF on this one. He was absolutely dialed in on this promo. Yo, look, uh, he it, it, there were a he lot of register on so many different parts and emotions. He brought every part of the story, kind of recapped everything while moving it forward, and he finished off with this incredible intensity. He flipped that switch really. I mean, this was everything you want to see in a good heel promo. There was nothing like it was perfect. I just. I just worry with you know concentrating on the on the Chris Jericho side of things if we're not just rehashing the Cody uh, feud though. So you why how do you where do you get that? Because I don't see it as much as you do. I don't think I want to kind of see where you where you're it's drawing just, those comparisons. It, it, you know he he he's trying to be like you know the 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 uh, the legend killer like you know Randy Orton way back when. Oh, or what I don't have think you. so. I think that's uh, I, I think his want his, his want to uh and desire to take out chris jericho doesn't come from like a place of wanting to take out legends in general or wanting to do anything like that it's because chris jericho specifically was a person that he held in high regard growing up and now has a chance to overshadow and overtake and his kind of quest to be the best which you know in a, in a person like mjf's mind is to dominate and to conquer and to uh humiliate and put everyone below you to be on top right he's a villain he's a bad guy uh and i think he's really he gets that across here he's you know i'm going to crush you i'm going to dominate you i'm going to end you because there's only room for me well i i get that but i mean it just i i just hope we're not just i i hope we're not retraining the same ground because also the pay because also the payoff match to that feud really fucking sucks well you gotta understand like the the motivations are similar just in in who the cody and jericho characters are and what they signify for mjf right like cody was a stepping stone in a different way like you know cody's the guy who brought him to the dance cody's the guy uh you know like the first step in his ascent you know, I think he considers Chris Jericho like a higher rung on that ladder. But they, I, 
there has there has to be some continuity there because I think it all kind of flows in like the the arc of MJF as a whole. And you know, this is long term stuff. MJF is absolutely one of the main building blocks and pieces of the AEW foundation for now and years to come, right? Like this right. is a guy they're invested in heavily in the future of. So all of these things, this co- th- that Cody storyline, this current uh, storyline with the inner circle and with Chris Jericho, all this stuff is going to weave together the fabric of that MJF legend that they're trying to build here. Right, I, and I'm not saying it was a bad promo because it was not a bad promo. It was a very good promo, in fact. So, I mean, I just, I, I'm just hoping we're not going to go down that road. But anyway, something that's not going to be rehashing a Cody feud is uh, a promo with uh, Andrade El Idolo E Alex Abrahantes, um, in which uh, Andrade basically no-sells Matt Seidel, but says he does want to kick it. Which apparently Matt's, uh, Matt Seidel is Jake something's cousin now. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if uh, what Jake something has to say about that. <laughs> God, come on, man. I mean, what... something gimmick. I saw Jake something at um, like a, a banquet hall in Clinton Township, Michigan in like 2015. And uh, I was like, man, who's this guy with the enormous Dragon Ball tattoo? He seems pretty cool. Yeah, he is pretty cool. <laughs> Jake something. I've, very I've good. seen very him good quite wrestling. a bit in the Midwest, so yeah. He put on an absolute banger with Nick Gage in Summit, Illinois once. Ooh. BLP. It was the um I think Turbo Grab 16 first round, maybe? Oh, maybe. Something I, like that. I wasn't there for that one. So. That was, Turbo Grab 16 was fun. Uh with that in mind, uh we will get Andrade Elidolo e uh Matsidal on Which uh, I said was gonna happen on this podcast last week. Swish. Yeah, you did. I did. And also Actually, it wasn't Andrade last week. Had... It wasn't no, it was earlier this week. Last week oh, forget. yeah, I guess. So well, I guess it depends like on when your, you know, when your weekends. Is it the different fiscal week are we talking about? You know, there's some different criteria that's good following. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> um, uh, Andrade cutting the promos, uh, uh the bilingual promos. Absolute money. It's great. I love what he's doing there. Kind of weaving between English and Spanish. Uh really good stuff. He is so cool. He's just so cool. He exudes cool. He's just dripping in cool. He's one of the coolest wrestlers maybe in the world. You know what? One of the greatest introductions I ever saw was the night that Tetsuya Naido actually joined Los Ingobernables in Arena Mexico. And, uh, you know, Andrade, you know, as still La Sombra, you know, cut his promo first, you know, giving his own introduction. And then Naido cut a trilingual promo it was very simple it was very simple but he spoke in 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 spanish japanese and english (laughs) fantastic what a flex oh yeah it was it was it was a huge flex really respect that it it was amazing oh god the early days of los ingobernables especially when especially whether this was preceded who are who are the most ingobernable in aew like if if uh, andrade wanted to make uh, los ingobernables del jacksonville (laughs) <laughs> well, then he'd be too late for it because they're leaving Jackson. <laughs> but, yeah, sure. but no, I, I I get what you're saying. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I think the cool thing is is that they're not really trying to trade on that Los Ingobernables right now. No, no, they're not. I mean, it, I mean, I just he, thought it'd be a fun exercise. It, it, but you know, the I do still love the uh, I do still love the La Sombra mask uh, ch- pendant that he wears. Oh yeah, yeah, that's drip. That's real it drip, right drip. There. On that note, uh, we then get a 
in-ring promo with Kenny Omega. Oh, God, he's got the comedy mustache. What the fuck is going it's on? It's facial hair night and uh, at Daly's place. Uh, you know, it was right next to the face paint station. The kids were getting, you know, they're getting the clowns. They're getting the venom face with, like, the tongue and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got, like, fairies, some of them. There's, like, a frogman type deal. Uh, you're getting lucha masks painted on. You can get Cody's neck tattoo. And then right next door, uh, just shave facial hair of your choice. And apparently, uh, it's just like some guy who's listening to Motorhead doing it. <laughs> Whoever did the facial hair was only listening to Motorhead while oh, cutting everyone's my hair. My goodness. I, okay, so of the three, which was the creepiest? Creepiest? I mean, I will. There was something really scuffed about the energy of Nick Jackson's handlebar. Thing. Yes, the, the the Fu Manchu that he had. The, and it wasn't Lord. just necessarily that that style is the creepiest. It's that there was just something really off about the energy of it on that man's face. No, no, no. no I totally agree. I 100% it was, agree. It was strange, and I did not like it. Yeah, it, yeah it, it was just, it was very discomforting. Yeah, and I, again, you know, we talk about the Young Bucks just being just the most insufferable and they continue to do that to even take people like me who defend the other shit they do because I think it's fun to just like revolt me physically. Uh, I think is just great work and I, I respect it. I don't like it, but I do respect it. Uh, with that in mind, uh, Kenny Omega gets interrupted by the entire damn dark order. Who except for the injured Anna J. Yes, except who, for the injured Anna Jay, who... Um, who is feeling the healing power of love. So uh, all the best to Anna Jay and mm. her... Here, let, let, let's, be, let's be washed old guys, and I'll say, and her bow. Her, her <laughs> bow. J- jungle bow. Oh! Yeah, we're back on Wednesdays, baby. <laughs> That's what you tune in for, folks. Jungle bow. <laughs> um... So as Kenny was saying that there are no more, clearly no more challengers for him in AEW, he was just going to take off for a while. You know, he has other belts to defend, which, hey, uh, okay, good. He acknowledged he has other belts to defend because AEW so far not acknowledging a goddamn thing between, you know, in Impact or AAA. So, yes, he brings out all four belts every week. He didn't this week, but he brings out all four belts when he walks to the ring. Well, when he has a title match, yes, he does. Yeah, so like that, I would consider that a pretty strong acknowledgement. Yeah, but it be anyway. literally saying, "Hey, here are all of the belts. Look at them." I think is about the most acknowledging you can do. But uh, anyway, Dark Order comes out and offers up another challenger, without said challenger being there, and of course, you know, no names said. I think we all know who they mean. Love though. that. Love the way they presented that. And um, Evil Uno is the guy who made this promo work. Uh, he really put it together. He's been delivering lately. He had that really good main event match. Uh, he, everyone in Dark Order has all stepped up, uh, you know, in the in the months since Brody Lee's passing and the fallout, the aftermath, and you know, who they, what the identity that they've forged and through injuries to some of their, their top talent. Uh, they've been through it all and, and it's really culminating here. And this was just such a genuine moment. And could you feel it? Could you feel it, Jeff? You know oh, what I mean? Well, when I'll said, like, you know, like the way Evil Uno is just the way that they had this conversation. Did you just feel it? I'll tell you what, I'll feel it even more later in the program because there's okay, a, no, we'll get to that. There, there is a part two to this. There was a rising energy, and when the crowd felt it, 
when they started rising up behind it, you were like, oh, oh, yeah, this is working. You know where it's what's coming and you can just yeah. And it was a good table setter for what was to come a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Uh, we then go to a Brian Pillman Jr. Pro was what it was. So I thought it was uh, he, I, he showed a lot of energy, a lot of fire. You know, I don't think he's like the the best promo writer, but I do think he's got a lot of heart. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of heart. He just doesn't have a lot of skill. <laughs> but, I don't you know. It, it's okay, it, well, But skill could well, be taught. Skill could of, be taught. I will contend that point when we get to that match. I'm just talking, no, I'm talking about his promos. Oh, his promo skill. Uh, yeah, he's not great yet, but I do think he's got something there that he can be serviceable in the right roles, and that's fine. No, not everybody has to be the greatest promo ever. It's really hard to be the great promo. Uh, if you can be serviceable, I think that's fine as long as you can wrestle. And with that, we go... Especially as a tag team guy, which I think as a tag team specialist is might be his lane. Could be right. I think he might be. I mean, his best work has been you know in these tag matches with Griff, um, it's, I mean, we're going to get to his singles match, which I, I did think was very good spoiler. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think he shines in these roles and I think as part of a stable or a tag team is where you keep Brian Pillman jr. For the foreseeable future. Uh, with that, we go to our third match of the evening for the TNT championship, Brian Pillman jr. Challenging God's favorite wrestler Miro and, uh, my God, that new music. Oh man, it's so good. Like AEW, uh, music-wise, peaks and valleys, right? A land of contrasts. There's some good. There's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of just whatever, and there's some bad. Like there's some real stinkers out there. Oh yeah. And I would say Miro's first best man entrance is on the tier just between stinker and whatever. Like it's it's pretty not great. Um, this one, absolute home run, grand oh, yeah. slam, spectacular. Complete. The fucking warhorn, it's so good, man. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna make crowds just go insane. I think that's just brilliant. And the way Miro, I mean, you, you could see we, we the, the 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 turn is complete. His wrestling is top fucking notch now. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the wrestling's always been there. It's just been what they've uh, had him or allowed him to do and kind of what his character has allowed him to kind of show off. But now that he's able to just he's a champion and he gets to wrestle like a champion and have championship matches, he's delivering in, in every facet. Yeah, And yes, he is. Uh, Miro, it's not a squash, but he does make short work of. of no, Pillman it's not Jr. a squash at all. I, I would say that Pillman Jr. got a lot more offense in than I expected. But he still uh, he still made pretty short work of him. Right? Oh, wait, what? They went through a break, right? They went through one picture in picture. Uh, yeah, so it was they did. Like seven to nine minute match or something like that, which that's longer than I would have expected. And Pillman got a yeah. There was some out of the ring stuff he got in. A lot of the the offense people get in against Miro are outside of the ring, but he got a couple of really good stuff in. Uh, uh, maybe not got all of his shit in, but uh, I thought he, he really did well, stepped up, and had probably his best singles performance to date on AEW. But God, that the way he, you know when uh, the way that Miro goes into that camel clutch or Steiner recline or whatever you want to call it, and then makes it into La Cavernaria. Yeah, and 
you know, did something that we've talked about before, how, you know, we thought he needed to be careful about laying on his back and it looking like a pinfall. I think he probably noticed that too, because very noticeably made sure to roll to his side for it on this one, yes, which he, he hadn't been doing prior. So that's a, I think that's a really smart adjustment by Miro. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he actually goes back uh, further than uh, La Cabanaria usually does. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a brutal looking hold and I really like it. Oh my goodness. So Miro is still God's favorite TNT champion. We then go backstage to the dark order and, uh, Adam page is kind of furious at them for offering. I don't even know up. if I'd say furious, but I would say he's miffed. He, he was, he was kind I would of say miffed. He was kind of pissed, but you know what? My God, the, the, the bit that Colt Cabana said is that you're not afraid of facing Kenny. You're afraid of failing. But it's okay to fail. And then Evil Uno even references the previous promo where you know he bigs up he big ups Evil Uno and they put him on their shoulders and all this. I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this yeah, is what the, this is what the Dark Order is now, and it's fucking awesome. This uh this whole thing had a real weight to it that I would say is genuinely difficult to achieve in professional wrestling, just as a whole. These kind of things do not come to you very often. And obviously, you know, wrestling is a medium that is built around uh, generating an emotional response from its viewers, right? Right. Uh, and that's done, you know, in, in a in a certain form that's done through, you know, cheers and through booze and, and through anger and through joy. But, you know, this kind of connection is really hard to achieve in such a, in, in a, a medium that can be as ridiculous as professional wrestling often is something with some real weight, some real, uh, uh, heart and, you know, something that you could just feel that everybody is really truly invested in. Yeah. And I think that was brought home by Alex Reynolds at the finish of this, you know, this AEW with the dark order, they really are trying to go for dragon gates crown for talking about your feelings, pro wrestling. You know, you should be talking about your feelings in pro wrestling. I think that's a uh, uh, an important development that we've had in the medium. But no, this 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 really landed. It was incredibly well done. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, Alex Reynolds at the end just saying, you know, we do believe in you. You got this, and really meaning it. Just looking him right in the eye, patting him on the shoulder, and saying, yeah, we're here for you. Boy, you know, uh, it, 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 if they do, if they go through with this at all, out, my God. Yeah, you know what? The thing is that they've already planted the seeds for him. To not win, and that, that, that's going to be fine, too, because we've already established that it's okay to fail. Right. But, man, uh, I, there's a lot that can be done here. And, and I would definitely contend maybe keeping the title off page past All Out might be for the best. Uh, but, we might actually get... Uh, but hang uh, on uh, here. Hang on something, here. Some really good... Oh, go, go ahead. But hang on here. No, they have not see, sown the seeds for Adam Page to fail at All Out. Because no? the whole Because the whole point is that... How did he get in with the Dark Order to begin with? It's because he failed with Kenny. Yeah. In, re in retaining those tag belts against uh, against FTR. And since then, everything that's happened since then is because he has been trying to make up for that failure. Because he can't accept that, that he failed with that. And he's trying to, you know, blow it off and say, oh, well, you know, it's not a big deal if I'm not the number one contender, you know, it, this and that. He's trying to be aloof with it. But really, the whole point is, is that he still, it, it still bothers him. 
Oh yeah. And absolutely. so, so what this, so what this I would is, even, I would say further than bothers him, it's, you know, the thing that's the front of his mind as a professional wrestler. So with this, you know, you and you could see that too in his match against Brian Cage too, you know, in, in yeah. his couple of matches against Brian Cage. So the whole point is that the Dark Order aren't trying to, they're not trying to sow the seeds of him failing now. They're, the Dark Order is trying to get him to accept the failures he had before. Oh yeah, no, I'm saying like narratively, like if, if he, if Adam Page were not to win this match, I think we've already established that we can take it further than that. So like, I think that even if Adam Page were to lose an all, a potential all out match, I think it's easy to continue that storyline beyond it. You know what? You could be right. I, I, I just, that's say, I, 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 and I think obviously if he wins, that's, that's the end of that story kind of, or at least it is in that particular form. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they want to go with, with Adam page from here. Cause I mean, yeah, now you can, you can just pull the trigger. You can pull the trigger and make him champion and no one would blame you for it. As a matter of fact, the crowds would love it. They'd be real, real happy about it. Uh, and, and as a return to live action for a pay-per-view could be a huge moment, but if you want to keep going with it, I don't think it'd be a problem. I think people would still buy it beyond that. On that note, I need to sidetrack for two seconds here because we mentioned All Out for the first time on this program. So, uh, it was revealed on the on tonight's episode of Dynamite that uh, AEW are going to be running not one, but three shows in Hoffman Estates. Uh, three! There's going to be a Dynamite on September the 1st. Uh, there's going to be a Rampage on September the 3rd, and then all out on September the 5th. Um, Between that and the five summit shows in at the skate park in the Hoffman Estates, and then AAW running on the Tuesday night, um, AEW, AAW, Black Label Pluro, GCW, and Freelance are all trying to fucking kill me. (laughs) What's AAW running? They're running a show in uh, Logan Square. Their first show in Logan Square in over oh, a year. God, on Thursday. Damn it! Damn it. I'm very. Uh, I will be. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not sad about this. Obviously, a very good friend of mine is getting married, and I'll be standing up at the wedding, so I will not be attending Chicago's festivities. But man, I would absolutely be there. I would really love to be at a return to Logan Square. My probably my favorite building in the country to watch wrestling. You know, I, I I'm not comfortable about going to Logan Square yet, though, because it's so cramped. It, it is. It, it, it's a what? great venue, but it is Whatever. so small that I, I am. I'm not really cagey about. I'm pretty cagey about going there. Still, uh, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. The um, only Delta variant I'm catching, Jeff, is this Delta Eight, son. Ooh. Hey. We then come back from commercial, and uh, we get a promo with uh, with Taz, Hook, Tazson, and Ricky Starks, and. Uh, Hook is tired of all this crap. He's tired on. of all this. He's tired of all this. Um, the upshot of this is that in Austin, uh, that I believe that's one of the Fighter Fest. Uh, yeah, that is one of the Fighter Fest nights. That would be Fighter Fest. Yeah. Uh, I forget if it's night one or night two, but uh, we will get uh, Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks for the FTW Heavyweight Championship. I think that they want to put a belt on Ricky Starks in Austin. I think they do. Is what I think they want to do. And I, think, I, I and I think this is the out for Brian Cage of uh, Team Taz too. Absolutely. I think what they're doing, the way that they've handled this story and this narrative, has been very good. the uh, the The narrative progression and storyline stuff on tonight's show was quite good. 
They did. They did a lot. They moved a lot of stuff forward tonight. They did. They really they got a lot out of uh, Sting and Ethan Page or, and Darby Allen and all that stuff. Um, you know, we got a lot out of this. We talked about the aforementioned Adam Page and Dark Order stuff moving forward a lot. Uh, I think the only one that kind of had a pin in it. Oh, no, not even because uh, uh, Penta and Kingston are have a title shot now. So that's moving forward. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot, ha- a lot happening. A lot the happened. only one that treaded water actually was kind of like that was the the women's stuff, which we'll get to. Well, and the strap match, but yeah, but they they but again, barely mentioned it. Well, but what are you gonna do? Just put QT Marshall on TV? Yeah, the AEW would never do that. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, just put like yeah, let's just let's fine deal with it later. Our four, our fourth match of the evening, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, DMD. with Rebel uh, versus a DMD. Nyla. To my knowledge, Rebel has not uh, has not taken any like formal dentistry training. I'm sure Rebel's probably picked a couple of things up, just kind of like hanging out. Like if I really like if I needed a cleaning in a pinch, and like Rebel was like, "Yeah, I could do it," I'd probably believe her. Versus uh, that reminds me, I gotta go for a cleaning tomorrow. Oh boy, get the cleaning. Gotta make those appointments. Oh jeez, yeah. Folks, <laughs> f- folks, see the dentist. Yeah, see the dentist because otherwise you'll be like me and. Not see a dentist for 15 years. and Oh, that's too many years. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. And, uh, yeah, another match, another women's match with a commercial in the middle of the match. Not a picture-in-picture. Picture. Yeah, this one. Again, and, you know, for <sighs> live ones, fortunate. Again, um, okay. Well. I mean, uh, we, we, we beat this we beat this drum every single week, and yeah. they're not going to do anything about it. And uh, it sucks. Uh, and uh, where the hell has Hikaru Shida been? And she was on uh, Dark. That's oh, that's one of the AEW Dark matches that I saw. She oh, was on Dark. Okay, well that's that's good. Uh, I guess. Uh, did she? I can't remember who she wrestled, but it was uh, Kylan King. Maybe it was fine. Oh, okay, cool. Um, this match not great. The ending was kind of funny. Yeah, oh, the ending was funny. Shida. The ending was fun. Shida, uh, new gear, and she's got like a little under the eye like sparkly face paint henna tattoo looking kind of thing that looks cool a slightly different look oh my since she dropped the belt uh change the gear change I, I respect a gear change after you lose a belt okay i think that's a good move uh but yeah no this the, the match was what it was uh it, again the heavy lifting obviously done by nyla and Britt. uh some you know bullshit comedy stuff from rebel and vicky throughout and uh vicky ends up getting locked jawed uh and taps out even after Britt lets go, continues to tap, which I thought yeah, was that, nice that, that was the funny part I mentioned. And it was then, a very nice touch. And then after that, uh, Nyla... This is why you have Vicky, because she can do this stuff, and she's just always entertaining, always doing the little things. Like, didn't really have to do this match, but, she, you know, she's great. And then uh, Nyla powerbombs Britt through a table. So. Holy shit. Yeah, Britt took a couple of big lumps. Uh Nyla with the top rope knee to the back of the head, like the, you know, set her up on the top, like across the rope, like draped right. over the rope. That was a big knee drop. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah. This powerbomb through the table, like RIP, like took her straight to hell. She like waved to Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. Ooh, how, how topical. Ha 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 ha. Uh, so yeah, that that match will be coming up soon. I think. Oh yeah. By the I way, think... rest in peace to uh to a real great guy and a true match, Donald Rumsfeld. Psych! Fuck that loser. You dead, bitch. Uh Yeah. Fuck him. I hope I, you I... felt even in like if he felt even a fraction of the pain he put all, all these people uh throughout his just miserable existence through. 
Uh, it was just too much to ask, and and obviously uh, not gone a minute too soon. And uh, you know, have fun in hell, loser. Yep. Well said. Well said. <laughs> We then get a promo with uh, Santana, Ortiz, and uh, Jake Hager. And, again, Santana really carries a promo. Oh, yeah, he does. He, he carries a fucking He's promo. He's been just really stepping up. And, like, I, dude, I remember him crying at spring break after his match with the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, he's just got so much heart. He loves wrestling and loves really, you know, uh, uh bringing a personal touch to it and, and bringing his himself uh, into the ring and just does an incredible job. Um, this Santana is, pro- is very, very, very compelling dudes. This is prologue to our main event of the evening. Uh, MJF versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, this went longer than I thought it would. And this was one of the most indie rific Logan square type matches I've seen on dynamite in a while. That's probably why I'm going to say what I'm about to say here, Jeff. I think it was one of the best Dynamite matches of the year. You know what? It's up there. Easy top five, maybe top three, maybe top one if you were to to analyze it. I thought this was a really, really, really good match. Yeah, they they, they went the distance on this. Uh, MJF MJF has, has, has been a good wrestler for quite some time but is really coming into his own bell to bell. Uh, he's like, you know, especially as a heel, like guiding the match and leading, uh, he's got a real knack for it. Just an absolute natural. Uh, he and Sammy have very good ring chemistry and Sammy just went fucking sicko mode. Sammy threw all caution to the wind in this match. He gave no fucks. Oh yeah. He, he was, he was diving and, 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 and all that. Flipping and toping and took a second rope tombstone. Yeah, the, MJF securing my hatred of him by paying tribute to Just Incredible. <laughs> Fuck Just Incredible. I hated him. I, th- I think he's the reason. He, he's the real reason why ECW went out of business. Damn. Oh, yeah. I said Damn. it. Shots I said fired. It. I said it. Shots fired. Shots fired and shots hit. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, blah, 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 blah. Um, that being said, uh, of course it's a schmoz finish with, uh, Spears and Wardlow coming out. Um, Jericho gets thrown off of, uh, you know, gets thrown off the, ba- the, uh, the, the, uh, the balcony, the stage, I guess that's a stage. You know, yeah. A lot of times, uh, and in a lot of cases, and, and you know, I'm sure there's probably that the take out there that, you know, a, a finish like this diminishes like a match that was as good as this one was. I thought, that a finish like this only enhanced this match specifically. It had to finish this way. It had to give you an unsatisfying conclusion because this isn't over, right? And MJF has to not give you what you came to see because fuck MJF. Yeah. He's the bad guy. And I thought this was a a really strong finish to the story that they're telling here and and to just an awesome match. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, High, high, high level main event. We talked about the top of the show that you know the Penta Young Buck Penta Kingston v Young Bucks match is a main event on almost any night. I'm glad it wasn't tonight because this was absolutely the main event of this show and delivered in every way. Yeah, it, no, this definitely deserved to be the main event. All credit and, to both these. I mean, and this is another great thing. What's cool about this match is as great as this was. What's really fun about it is in like eight or nine years, it's just going to be like a fun fact they bring up on commentary when they're wrestling for a title on a pay per view. 
No, I get like, yeah, yeah. as part of their record, they'll be like, oh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, MJF holds a win over Sammy Guevara from Dynamite uh, back in 2021. Right. Wow. So yeah, no, this this was it was a good match. I mean, it was I mean it was a typical TV match. And that cut there, to so. cut to me and you on this podcast in eight years, and me being like, you you fuck yeah, Jeff. Remember eight years ago when I said that shit? Owned. Boom. What? Well, that's kind of optimistic of you, but. I'm just, I'm, I'm just talking to like a, a preset like soundboard of you and I'm pressing it back to myself. No one's listening. I'm not even recording it. I'm just doing it. I'm just at home. I'm, I got a Jeff soundboard. I'm just hitting little buttons. Make you respond to me. Yeah. After, you know, we all die in a nuclear holocaust or something. You know, that, yep. that's, that's the only way that this podcast is going to have to go on. So. I'll be in my bunker. I've played enough Fallout. I'll be fine. <laughs> I, and not only that, I've been watching Fallout lore videos on YouTube. I don't. I think I'm pretty much the most prepared you can possibly be. Uh, after that, we get a uh, a brief video. I'm actually. It's, <laughs> I like to. Uh, I like to tell people I'm a survivalist because I watch Fallout uh, lore videos. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a bit of a survivalist. And uh, with that, we get a brief recap of the Jacksonville era. In, a heartfelt in, little uh, video package here. I thought it was really well done. It was, and uh, with that, we close. Very out. Brody Lee heavy. So I got a little. Uh, it was it was a little heavy at the top. Very Brody Lee focused. And with that, we uh, we close out episode eighty five of AEW Dynamite and the Jacksonville era of of AEW Dynamite, and we close out my third notebook as I teased last episode. Uh, I'm looking at this. The first. Uh, the first episode we did in this notebook was Beach Break. Beach way back, break. Way back in February. And fitting, because now we open the new notebook with another beach episode. It, indeed. A Road Rager. We're back to Miami for Road Rager. You was know, it Beach Break in Miami? No, Beach Break was in Jacksonville. Oh, it was in Jack. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, hey. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that I've already memory hold the COVID era. <laughs> Hey, okay, so here's something we didn't discuss last week because we were saying that, you know, how are we going to, you know, the exhaustion we're going to feel because after this month of Saturday, Friday and Saturday Dynamites, and now we're going to get four special shows in a row. um, What about the exhaustion of the guys on the, 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 the talents who haven't had to travel in 15 months? Hey, you know, some some pe- folks love the road and some folks, uh, you know, it's not for you. I think this is going to separate uh, uh, who really enjoyed it and who didn't when they get back on the road. Yeah. And uh, I- I'm interested to see if it affects anybody's work. I don't think it will. I think there's going to be a lot of crowd energy. Also, remember, all these shows not particularly far from Florida, most of them in the southeast still. So they're not going super far yet. Uh, you know, not going up to New York until September. Right. So I think, uh, but August, you know, August they're doing, you know, there's Pittsburgh yeah. in August, you know, and Hoffman, Chicago, and, Hoffman Estates in, in September. So yeah, I think they, you know, they got some time to acclimate. I think they'll be all right. I, I think, you know, you'll probably hear some stories on some podcasts about, you know, a little bit of burnout here and there. But, you know, I, I think a lot of wrestlers probably are ready for and want to get back on the road. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter at CoolStepUncle on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. And, of course, 
follow this podcast right here at BGTD podcast on Twitter. That's BGTD like boom goes the dynamite. Uh, stay tuned because rampage, we talked about rampage coming up. Rampage is, uh, uh, quickly approaching and we're going to be covering rampage in some form or fashion when it comes out in the middle of august so do stay tuned especially to our uh, social media for updates on that uh you can find me at strong style story without the e and style on twitter my personal twitter at gd wessel to ss1 l um nothing really to plug this week um i don't know if we're going to do a busting balls because i want to wait i kind of want to wait till euro is over um which god damn it germany how could you do this to me? But um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, we're back on Wednesdays, guys. And uh, guys, gals, non-binary, uh, we're here. We're back, and uh, hopefully we'll stay here. So That uh, Wednesday feeling, baby, that Wednesday feeling until they get preempted by some sort of sporting event. Uh, Paul, any last words? Yeah, more like Donald Dedsfeld. Ooh, We're going to hell Donald Rumsfeld. Got his ass. We'll see you next week. Bye now.